Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's all soul, 8 to 10 p.m. Mondays, gtownradio.com. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing. We are in the last stretch of our March to 100 episodes. March to 100. Tonight is episode number... 96 whoa yeah you get a 96 on an a you've gotten an a got 96 on the test you've gotten an a well let's see if this movie is an a oh denzel washington and viola davis yes star in an adaptation of denzel washington's adaptation of august wilson's fences yes really looking forward to digging our um our hooks getting our hooks into this film which was the selection of Vince. Yes it was. Before we do as always ladies and gentlemen we like to share all of the feedback and the conversation that is going on on all of our various social medias And but we like to start when we get it with people that actually are doing us a favor and going out there and helping the show and as I say at the end of every show the biggest help that any of you can do for us, along with sharing the show with a friend, is going on the podcaster of your choice, primarily Apple Podcasts, I yes. um, preferably, and giving us a ranking and rating, or even better, a review, such as IBN Royal. Okay. On uh, saying that he loves the concept and the show. As a black cinephile, this show is perfect. And also, having someone give the films of our community the same articulation and reviews that are afforded of others, it's a great podcast to share with every friend you have. Great show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I always appreciate appreciative of a kind word. I'm going over here to Twitter where George Comona. Hey, George. What's up? George is uh, a, a big reporter in the geek scene. All right. Uh, out, of, out of New York. Uh, cool dude, George. Uh, he hit us up after listening to our most recent show where we uh, went in and on in on the event horizon more of that a little bit <laughs> steve Tosin event horizon is tearing this family apart <laughs> yes i know um but it, it, we talked about event horizon and then you know we were hard-pressed to think of another black scythe pick sci-fi right pick. right right and george reminded me he said how'd you forget about attack the block wow well you know what i didn't because it's british yeah it's British, but but that's yeah. why it, it doesn't. And that's very much a hit. black science fiction it is. film. Like a that's very not good film. You know, too. that was a cool film. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're not we're not restrictive to. I mean, American I, films. Are I, we? I mean, I am. Oh, that's right, you are. Yeah, that's my thing. But well, you know, I'm not. all right. So we'll get there. We'll get to attack the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was definitely a, a good one. That was a that was a, a, a miss, a faux pas on my part, George. So I apologize, brother. Um, we got an email from Aaron Fry. Oh, well, yes, we got an email from Aaron Fry. What's up, Aaron? He wants to know, 
And uh, I'm going to skip the first part of his email because we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of the show. Okay. Um, he wants to know, what's the longest that either of you have had to wait to get tickets for a movie or a concert? I'm talking old school on a line. Oh, yeah. Not online. I remember fights breaking out over seats and people getting thrown out of venues. I wonder if a movie or concert promoter said you could only get the first show tickets at the box office, how many people would show up? I guess it would depend on the fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said movies. Or a concert. Or a concert. Oh, I spent the night for Prince. I slept really? in the car for Prince tickets. You slept in the car? So I slept in the car. Um... The um, is it Baltimore? No, no, no. This is actually in College Park. So you know, Ticketmaster for for our younger listeners, Ticketmaster used to have to go to the Ticketmaster to get tickets to the big concerts, and a lot of them were in department stores. Yeah, and the department stores would open at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you would wait for the store to open and everybody would rush in to the Ticketmaster. And I slept outside, I believe it was PG Plaza in Prince George's County right outside of of D.C. for Prince tickets. Oh, wow. Sure did. Almost got into a fight because somebody tried to jump us in line. They tried to jump you they tr- jump jump spot. Ju- jump our spot in line. And, and the, the funny thing, I was there with two friends of mine and... and and, and they, were, they were women, and we were about to get into a fight. And I remember my one friend, she started taking her earrings off, mm-hmm. and then I started taking my earrings off, which, you know, was sort of absurd yeah. at the time, but but yeah. Yeah, that was absurd. The guys never take off their earrings. Right, right. But it just seemed like the thing to do at the moment. Like, in the moment, we were about to fight. So you took off your earrings? So she took off her earrings while I'm taking mine off, too. We about to fight. I've never heard of a guy taking off the Isn't that crazy? Like, did you have, like, one of those big Michael Jordan? No, no, I just had some hoops, and, you know, I didn't want anybody to grab my hoop and pull the ear off. (laughs) Like, it just seemed like a good practice. (laughs) Like, my girl Erica took her earrings off. I said, well, oh, hell, I guess I should take my earrings off, too. We about to fight. We didn't fight. No. But we were about to fight. Because yeah, you were ready. Oh, we I, I took my earrings off. Yeah, your earrings. I did not put Vaseline on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that story took a turn. <laughs> sure, sure as hell did. <laughs> Whoa. But yeah, I slept outside for uh, Prince tickets. I can't remember saying, I don't remember staying online super long to get any tickets. Right. Um, but the two longest lines I can remember staying on, and not counting Disney, because Disney is just crazy lines anyway. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's an amusement park. Right. Um, but I went to see the Jackson 5, the Victory Tour. Oh. At JFK Stadium here in Philly. Okay. Now, that would be the Jacksons. Oh, right. You're right. It was right. the Jacksons. Because you ain't see Jermaine. No, Jermaine was on that tour. Oh, you're right. Jermaine you're right, because that that's tour. after he left Motown. Yeah. Yeah. On that tour. Um, yeah, because I remember he came out and, you know, there was a, a lull in the action when Jermaine came out and had to do his songs. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of Jermaine disrespect. I ain't going to have no whole lot of that, but let's keep it moving. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so I don't remember how I got the tickets because me and my younger, my, my twin sister, we actually went 
with my older sister to the concert. So right. I'm assuming she got the tickets. Right. But the line to get into the stadium. Right. On a very, very cold and rainy Saturday evening. We were in the line to get into the stadium for two hours. Yeah. Then the Jacksons did not come out for another three hours. Did somebody open for them or y'all were just sitting there? No. That's real tough. Yes. And it it was because of the rain. Yeah, and they didn't call the concert. They didn't cancel the concert. Right, but it, I mean, it was it was bad rain. I'm not even. Right. I'm not going to like knock them for it. Right, but we. I literally were waiting for five hours, and this was the tour where where the Mike, Mike was haphazard throughout that tour. I think so. You saw Michael Jackson. Yeah, we saw Michael. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's actually a really good concert. Oh no, it was a. A yeah. phenomenal concert. Yeah, that's a good concert. Out, even in the rain, because you could see like when they were dancing and the guys were running around wiping down the 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 um the stage and stuff like that. And there was a fear. I mean, of course, it was taking so long because there was a fear that they might not even show up, or, right? Or, or be able to, to to make it to the stage, right? And then if they did make it to the stage, how long they would perform, right? Right. But you know, as far as I know. They gave us a full concert. Now, maybe they did actually cut some songs. Sure. But nobody was disappointed. And then the other super long line, and I guess this one doesn't make any, it it makes sense, but was Barack Obama came to to Philadelphia. Yeah. And he did a rally over here in Germantown. I was there. You were in that I line was in that too. lawn. That line was. I was in that lawn. That line literally. That was a long line. With about six blocks. That was a long. Every now and then, my wife and I will go, "Hello, Philadelphia," because <laughs> that's what he said. Because yeah. remember, the other thing, the rumor was he may not actually come. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. 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 I mean, it was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was real cool. But dude, that line. Was that was a crazy lawn? That was a crazy lawn, and I remember thinking because this was me up until maybe an hour after they announced he won. Mm. I remember saying I actually wanted to see this guy who ran for president, right? Because after he loses, he'll probably cash in and go back. But I can say I was there. Like I, I know people who have a run Jesse run buttons. Jesus. So, like, I just wanted to say I was there when that ridiculous guy who thought he could run for president ran for president. Did you honestly? Did you honestly think that he he wasn't going to win? Not for not for, until they called it that night. Really? I honestly did not think he was going. I thought win. It was, I, I felt the I felt the quite honestly. Up I thought it was going to be just like what happened with Hillary Clinton. There's actually a name for that, where, where but it's actually for black candidates. I forget the um. The effect, the it's the something something effect where where people say they're going to vote for oh, the black guy and, and then they, then they really don't. don't really, yeah, yeah. So you're not for one second. I think Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. I thought he was going to win. Oh well, I really did. I I felt I felt I I was iffy in 2012. Right, because they had a shook in 2012. Yeah, yeah I was iffy in 2012. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly did. So, what I always say, my two Barack Obama election night stories. After Bush, mm-hmm. after the Bush thing, because what I always say is, they called it for Al Gore. I turned the TV off, or, or rather, I um, I turned the channel, and I'll never forget, I watched Election. 
and I always say the movie election and I always say when election started Al Gore was my president and when election went off (laughs) George W. Bush was my president so ever since then always wait until the very 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 end Mm -hmm. so I'll never forget I said I was I was because I knew it was going to be all night with Barack Obama so okay I, I, I just had a flash. Did I press the button? Oh, right. But, but we did. So I made a vodka tonic because I was going to drink. Yeah. I was going to drink and watch this thing unfold. Okay. I sat down. I took one sip of my vodka tonic, and they said the West Coast votes are in, and we're ready to announce that Barack Obama will be the 44th president. And I always say Barack Obama kicked his ass so much I didn't get a sip of my drink <laughs> and then Mitt Romney remember because we had got everybody was all shook about that I got three sips uh, that night yeah I was I was I was a little iffy on uh with Mitt Romney and I didn't think Mitt Romney was that much of a no of a, but but I didn't think he was much of a, uh, he had a competition. Like, he had like that great middle aged white man hair though. He did. I was like, ooh. See, th- that he was looked like he could have been a newscaster in exactly. 1987. Exactly. Like if you cast the president, right? You would exactly cast Mitt Romney. exactly. So Romney. I was so a little, that's what, that's I was shook about Mitt Romney because he had that that hair, right? That right. hair. Like I didn't care. Like that's why I thought Barack would win. One because I felt the in 2008, right? Because I felt the the movement of him. And then just standing side by side, right? I was like, "Oh no, he it, it's a done deal, right? It's a done deal. He's got this." But with Mitt, I was like, "Oh, people might be fooled because yeah. people got fooled by Ronald Reagan. Yes. Ronald Reagan looked like a president. He looked like a president, you know, especially next to Jimmy Carter, who's right. like, hi, y'all, yeah. you know." <laughs> yeah. So, so I was I was worried about that, right? But, um, but yeah, I was in that line. Yeah, 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 I was there too. So that was a very that yeah. was a very long line, very very long line. All right, so thank you, Aaron. Yes, as always, for your email. Now, we also um, ooh, a bougie square society. Yes, yes. If uh, they could get a review yeah. of Crown Heights and Mudbound. Or Mudbound. <laughs> yeah, we've actually been talking about that this afternoon. Now, Mudbound, I know, is a Netflix original, right? Movie that I watched about ten minutes of over Lily Tribble's shoulder. Okay, a few weeks ago. And it. What do you think about your ten minutes? It looked like an excellent movie. Okay, I will never watch it because. You know how you feel about the slavery movies? Yes. And it's just like, I don't need to. Yeah. It just looks like. Ugh. I was actually posting about that. I was saying the same thing. Just just the, just the old timey, barefoot, dirt road movie. I, yeah. it just, I and just. And it, I mean, it is. It's supposed to be very good. It's supposed to be very good, but it is like it, 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 it. it it's about race and it's it's hard. It's hard. It's ironic because I'm you know in a few minutes I'm going to talk about how much I love fences. But if I never see another black period piece for the rest of my life, I think I'm good. You think you've seen? No, I, I, well, I would say no because I'm a sucker for a well done period piece. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that there's a piece 
in black history that has not been explored or if it has i haven't seen it mhm and that is the the story of the moors okay and i would i would want to see that like i actually in in a fantasy dream i have an i the bubblings of an idea of a game of thronish lord of ringish trilogy of movies right 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 that it's like this grand epic so almost the moors it's like the sword and soul subgenre exactly. of fantasy exactly okay well all right that's that's different than what i'm talking i guess i did say period piece and a period could be any time period right. but i'm basically saying from basically from slavery up until 1987 i'm good until eighty seven, eighty seven. Right. You don't do, no, know. I don't want. You tell me like a real cool seventies movie or a movie black yeah. movie set in the seventies. You not going to run to the theater? You know what? I'm not. We've talked about this before. I don't know. I think people are incapable of making seventies movies without it being tongue in cheek. And once you put black on it. Like, there are very few people that I trust to make a 70s movie about black people where it's not going to be, you, you know, something about afros and pics and dancing with Soul Train and, you know. And I'm good. Like, I got Crooklyn for that. So I don't really need any. <laughs> like, Crooklyn, Crooklyn is enough? I'm good. I'm good. 1987 on is all I want. But that's me. Crown Heights. I'm not, I, what is Crown Heights? I'm assuming it's about when the dead little brother got murdered in Crown Heights. Oh. Back in the 80s. That on Netflix too? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen either of them. We also heard from Steve Tozen. Yes. He talked yes. about Event Horizon breaking up the family. Yes. <laughs> this refers back to, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, I made, I dared to suggest that we might... Uh, review Event Horizon to which Vince cast you know just said no. I just look at the mission statement. I'm just looking at the it mission says that statement. It's not a black film. Um, and so we we took this conversation <laughs> to the Facebook uh, fan group, show mission group, um, where where I I told Vince. That space is black. Space space is black. That was point to Lynn. Space is indeed black. Of course, Vince just sighed. Um, <laughs> and then, then when I suggested that I might switch my movie to Kate Niggers from Outer Space, which is an actual film. And it's like Three black people in it, which is more than it, it, in Event Horizon, the and they're the leads. They're the titular yes, leads yes, of the movie. Yes. <laughs> to which Vince said, "Well, at least that's a black film." Yes. Um, and I contend that it is blacker than the 1959 edition. It is not of imitation. It is of not life. imitation of life is about passing, but it doesn't have any black people in it. It has one black person in it. She's very sad. So one black person equals. If it's about black stuff, yes. Mm. 
Yes, if it's about black stuff. Okay, so a movie, a black movie, doesn't have to have predominantly a predominantly black cast. Right. It's just only it if it's about black it stuff. Needs to speak to the black experience. Yes, in some way. Yes. And as we've said, if you remove the the black character and replace them with a white character, does that change the entire movie? Right. Okay. Which is sort of why it's it's interesting that we're talking about imitation of life because as as I learned this week, and shout out to Steve Tozen and Robert Monroe Jr. I had a really interesting conversation with I did not know in the nineteen thirty four um version of of which is the original the original that freddie washington who is a very light-skinned actress actually plays the role yes of the woman passing i did not know that which to me changes the dynamic dramatically right and that was always my point because in the 1959 version it's lana turner right lana turner plays her who's not black who's not black at all passing and not passing so now you had said you wanted to do the 1959, but I've now changed my mind, and I actually want to do 1934. Ah, so you've changed your mind. I did. I actually want to do both of them, but let's start with 34. I don't know if we've got time to do both of them. No, no, no. I don't mean in the same episode. I think both of them need their own episode because there's a lot going on in Imitation Life. Very much so. Very much so. So, uh, so, so, but let's announce it. Yes. So that you're changing. Right, the movie right. It will not be 1959's Imitation of it Life. It will be 1934's Imitation of Life. Okay. Very good. Yes. So the week after next. So the week after next. Right. And then, so my movie next week is. Sweet, sweet backs, badass song. And then your movie is. Imitation of Life. Uh, see, man, now I want to make my my next movie, Imitation of Life, 1959 version. I thought you wanted to end with Oscar Michelle. I know, I did. But I think, we got Tom. I know. But we got Tom. I, I, I kind of like that going back to back. But yeah, it's the same story. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to do that. You're right, Vince. Hey, you're right, Vince. You're right. There you go. Yeah, you're always right. All right, so. Not uh, always right, but I'm always loud. <laughs> And served. Um, let's see. I think that's a, for the most part, everything that uh, we've got going on here. Except that you and well, I saw that you and Robert Monroe got into a conversation about Brother John. Yeah, yeah, we did. I Robert was Monroe's a- mentioning that you guys have to find a copy of yeah Brother John, the most interesting film Sidney Poitier was ever in. Yeah, spoiler. That's going to be my first post 100 episode okay all right because it looks real i actually watched the first 15 minutes of it Mm -hmm. and then i said oh this is bizarre yeah i think i've heard about this there's a drama yeah 1971 uh, african-american man who shows up every time a relative is about to die in this story he returns to his alabama hometown as his sister is dying of cancer so wait a minute he's a dude who shows up when it Oh wow, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah, that sounds creepy. Yeah, I think this is actually Sidney Poitier as the Magic Negro. 
Yeah, yeah, so, you mentioned that. But that's down the line. And from 1971. Which is a really interesting period in Portier's career. Yes. Because it's post the classic years, and it's before – it's certainly before the Bill Cosby movies. Yeah. And I probably think like, this is before Bucking the Preacher. But this is probably right around the time of his production company and start developing his right, right, right. films. Yeah, but but he's still kind of finding his rhythm. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be right. my first post-Wiz pick. That's interesting. Well, we know we're doing uh, Harlem Nights as one on one, right? So then we do Brother John. <laughs> I know what my post was. <laughs> oh, what's it going to be? Since we're, we're talking now, Soul Plane. Really interesting. You know what? That'll be an interesting episode. Get out of the way, Get- <laughs> Soul Plane. Get it out of the way. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, we're going to be like, you know, 100 yeah. all the nights, and now we're going to be doing Brother John, the yeah. creation of the magic. Eh, yeah. Just soul plane. All right, we'll do soul plane. What the? You know, just throw this out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Like okay. I said, we really appreciate everyone that gives us the feedback, emails us at showmission at gmail.com, hits us up and follows us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at the show mission that you can find us um we really appreciate it. i also appreciate everybody who um show some love i posted a a picture of my daughter up yeah and a lot of people were like you know like wow man you know congratulations yeah. and it really was she didn't do anything but except be my daughter and just be just freaking phenomenal i mean that's something to be and i just wanted to shout her out yeah it's you know, my baby so I appreciate all the kind words from everyone. All right. All right. Uh, and we've got big news of a sort at the end of the show. So stay tuned <laughs> yes. to the end of the show. It is big news, but a funny thing happened on the way to the big news. <laughs> we'll talk about that after we review <laughs> Fences. Yes. Hey, Pop, mm. can I ask you a question? How come you ain't never like me? Like you? What law is there say I got to like you? None. All right, then. Don't you eat every day? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't you eat every day? Yeah. As long as you're in my house, you put a sir on the end of it when you talk to me. Yes, sir. You eat every day. Yes, sir. Got a roof over your head. Yes, sir. Got clothes on your back. Yes, sir. Why you think that is? Because of you. <laughs> Hell, I know it's because of me, but why do you think that is? Because you like me? Like you. I go out of here every morning. I bust my butt because I like you. You're about the biggest fool I ever saw. A man is supposed to take care of his family. You live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put your behind on my bed because you're my son. It's my duty to take care of you. I owe a responsibility to you. I ain't got to like you. Now, I don't give you everything I got to give you. I give you your life. Me and your mama worked that out. Between us and liking your black ass wasn't part of the bargain. Now, don't you go through life worrying about whether somebody like you or not. You best be making sure that they're doing right by you. You understand what I'm saying? Everything that boy do, he do for you. 
It's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 years. Well, I've been standing with you. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Fences, a 2016 American period. It's a period drama. Yes, it is. Directed and starring. Denzel Washington and written by August Wilson based on his Pulitzer Prize winning play of the same name. Um, August Wilson, who died in 2005, actually had completed the screenplay before his death. In addition to Denzel, the film also stars Viola Davis, Stephen Henderson, Jovan Adibo, Russell Hornsby, uh, Sanaya Sidney, and McAlatai Williamson. Yes. Um, this film was chosen by the American Film Institute as one of the top 10 films of 2016, nominated for numerous awards, including four Oscar nominations uh, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Viola Davis winning the Oscar for the Best Supporting Actress. Um, it also garnered Golden Globe nominations. The film deals with a 1950s Pittsburgh where Troy Maxson, played by Denzel Washington, lives with his wife Rose and their son Corey and works as a waste collector alongside his best friend Bono. He has a younger brother, Gabe, who sustained a head injury in World War II. And he has a an older son as well, who aspires to be a musician. Um, his name is Lyons, who, is, who aspires to be a, a musician um, that still needs $10 a week from his pop. <laughs> uh, this film was the selection of Vincent Williams. Yes. Vince, what say you of Fences? What say I of Fences? Well, first and foremost, Fences is my favorite play. Of all. Full stop. It's my favorite play. Fences, there, there's a monologue in here that, that it's basically the, the like me monologue where Troy is talking to his son, Corey, mm-hmm. about the expectations that he should have from the world. Yeah. That is one of my favorite. Like, like to me, it's the perfect sort of sort of distillation of everything that I love about black men of a certain age. Mm-hmm. So. I love fences just generally, and I think this is a great movie. I think I think Denzel Washington's direction. You, you know, he's. I think this is his first. No, not his first, but but you know, he's not known as a director. He, he's, he directed few films, but right? It's not his first. I think it, it. I think his love for this material just just comes off the screen. I think the way that he captures what in my mind is is one of August Wilson's themes, the the beauty of the ordinary mm-hmm. and the beauty of this working class 1950s black neighborhood, the beauty of the people, I think the costuming, the cinematography, all of it is is wonderful. I think the acting this is the Broadway cast. Yeah, from the the most recent the most run. recent run um, from a couple of years ago, and this is a Broadway cast. You know, 
um, you, you mentioned uh, Stephen Henderson, who plays Bono, his best friend. Stephen Henderson is a very seasoned stage actor and a very seasoned August Wilson stage actor. Yes. I know I've seen him at least three times in August Wilson plays. And, and as Bono, I think he brings a sensitivity. He brings a bodiness. He brings an, an intimacy with with Den, Denzel Washington's character, Troy, that is easily believable mm-hmm. you you know i think as the sons you you know i think jovan um Itapo as Corey gets lost a little bit i think Corey is a role that there's not a lot for Corey to do yeah besides react to his father yeah but you know he holds his own he holds his own Katai williamson was not nominated for an academy award which i thought was a crime because i think his gabe is amazing I think Gabriel, who is is Troy's younger brother, who has an injury from the war, which has left him um, brain damaged. Mm -hmm. I think this is a role that very, very easily can go off the rails. Yeah. And I think he does a wonderful job of kind of straddling all of the different tones where where Troy, I mean, um, Gabe is funny. Gabe is tragic. Gabe, in a lot of ways, plays that kind of classic role of the wise fool. Mm -hmm. And he has all that. And again, in his relationship with Troy, because ultimately all of these characters, we know them through their relationship with Troy. Yes. And you very much believe that these two men are brothers with this very complicated history history and relationship. I've always liked Russell Hornsby, yes, who plays too. Lions. Russell Hornsby is one of those actors that I think has not really gotten his due. Yeah, and I don't understand why. I just think there are only so many roles yeah. for, for black male actors. I think there are just only so many roles. And, and you know, while, while I won't say that kind of post-Denzel, there is a black actor who has sucked up all the air like Denzel did in the 80s and early 90s, and we've talked about this previously, I do think that, you know, Russell Hornsby's greatest mistake is that he's acting at the same time as, like, a Courtney Vance. Courtney Vance. Um, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. You, you know, I just think it's it's just not enough roles, but I think he is fantastic as lines. And then there's Viola Davis, who... Every single thing that everyone has ever said about Viola Davis in in Fences, I completely agree with. I completely agree with. I remember an interview with Denzel Washington when the Broadway one run started, and Denzel said, "You you know, people come and they're cheering for me because and and he, you know he said because you know you I'm the movie guy and they see me. Oh, it's Denzel Washington. But by the time they leave, they're cheering for Viola Davis. Yeah." And I think this this is important to say because at the time that it was on Broadway, Viola, a name, wasn't the name. Wasn't the name. Absolutely. And I think this is a play that when you look at this is very much a male play. Yep. This is very much a masculine play. Which is August Wilson. Which is August Wilson. That was August Wilson. Like August Wilson is very much a playwright who was interested in the journey of African American men in this country. And and while Rose is a significant part, 
it's not a huge part. Mm-hmm. And I think Viola Davis brings so many layers to what she has to do. And one of the, the few changes that the, the screenplay and that Denzel Washington make, although they don't add a lot of dialogue for her, there are a lot of scenes with her. Yes. Where she can act without speaking. Right. She's in them. She's in them. And again, I think this is a great film. I think I come short of calling this a masterpiece for two reasons. Uh, one, that that affection that, that Denzel Washington and, you know, and to a certain extent, I would say August Wilson have for the play. You can tell with the screenplay for this film, yeah, because it 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 is it, it. I don't know how much dialogue they cut from the play, right? I don't know how much dialogue they cut from the play, and and we've you know we've talked about this with other films. I think taking a play and making a film out of it is difficult anyway, because the nature of a play is not as kinetic, yes, as a film. And then when you bring in August Wilson, who has this wonderful dialogue not only does he have this wonderful dialogue but you know another thing that that i've read august wilson say when he talks about black men as we said that's his deal he says that one of the primary ways that black men communicate with each other is through telling of stories Mm -hmm. so that when you look at august wilson plays a lot of it is just men telling stories back and forth and that works really well on stage because the intimacy of a stage, because the of the immediacy of being in that uh, in that space with these actors on stage, and that loses something in a film, right? So that there are scenes in this film that run long, that run long and just sort of sit there. And you know, if you don't love this dialogue, if you don't love these words. I can see how you aren't quite there. Right. The other part about taking this from the stage to the movie, I think one of the greatest testaments testaments in my life that I've seen to a person acting, I was I was hesitant to buy Denzel Washington as Troy when I heard he was going to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I, I said, "Oh, well this is just stunt casting." Yeah. And I saw him like I actually saw this cast on stage and Denzel Washington is such a great actor that when you see him on stage playing Troy after about 10, 15 minutes, you forget that this is Denzel Washington, the Mm -hmm. iconic actor, and he becomes Troy Maxson, the working class, complicated black man in the 50s. Yeah. But part of that is because, again, the immediacy of the stage and the intimacy of the venue and you actually see him living and breathing. Denzel Washington on screen is Denzel Washington on screen so that there's never a moment. And I think he does a great job, but there's always that little disconnect where you're looking at Denzel Washington. And I never got away from that. So. Those two things, and and you know, as I mentioned before, I think, I think because you had two black films nominated for an Academy Award for the, for the best picture this year, if I've had ten conversations about the film Fences, seven of them have been in relation to, do you think it was better than Moonlight? 
Right. Which, you know, in my mind, now now we're talking, you know, the best Stevie Wonder album. Well, it wasn't Moonlight it was up against. Wasn't it up against uh, uh, Hidden Figures? Was it? Oh, right. Was it Hidden Figures? Yeah, it was Hidden Figures. Right. Which I still haven't seen. But, really? but you know, you know, again, because it's about men, just in full disclosure, the conversations I've had have been about man stuff. Right. So it's like, you know, Moonlight versus the, like these were the two films about black manhood. Gotcha. So, but but I I I love this movie. I like with the two things that I said, like my two sort of caveats. Caveats. I I love this movie. I'm. <clears throat> I have trouble with this film, um, and my trouble is in critiquing it, and that's because in watching this movie. Um, it really hit me. Mm-hmm. First, I mean, I like the movie, right? You know, I, I I enjoy the hell out of the movie. Um, but even though as a guy in the nineteen fifties, some of the some of the things that he says uh, and does were. I saw in people in my life and it, it, the movie became very personal for me because Mm -hmm. of that. And, um, actually when you had mentioned reviewing it, I was like, all right, cool. Cause this will be my opportunity to like, give it an objective view, you know? And then, you know, watching it again, all that stuff just came bubbling back up again. And I was like, oh, I hate you, Vince. Um, I think that, uh, well, let, I'll get this one thing out of the way. If I were to critique the film in, in, in any way, it would be like just like you. I think it's a little bit too beholden to August Wilson's words, as precious as they are. Um, I think, and I can see, you know, wanting to give the man his due because he's, he's no longer here you uh denzel holding on to those words so let's put them all out there because he's never going to get another opportunity right to have his words out there so i do think some of that holds back the film um but on watching it again i think one of the things that he does to maybe work with it is that the first half of the film, because there is decidedly without having an old school intermission, you know, sign come up, there is decidedly is a break that is, you can see as an intermission. Right. Um, everything before that, to me, plays out like a stage play kind of reworked for the move, for the film. It's pretty much one set, you're going in and out of corridors of a house, but it pretty much is just one set, one uh, and one day. Just trans, go, you're going through this day from the time he comes home from work until the early evening. You pretty much have gone all through that day in that in that first half, and it plays very much like a play. Well done, but still very much like a play. You have that intermission break, and then after it, I think after that, 
the movie starts to open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You see a couple of more sets. You know, you're at the bar. Now you're at, uh, back at the job. You know, you're um, you know lingering a little bit more into the into the outside front of the house as opposed to the back of the house, which is where you spend a whole lot of time, uh, especially in the first half. So I think that it it opens up a little bit more in that in that second half. Also in that second half of the of the film, there are more music cues. Mm. Uh, Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Uh... And music cues that that um, sing of filmmaking, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just like a, a little light little piano piano lilt that you might hear in the play, you know. Um, uh, so I thought that on second watching that that may have been a little bit more deliberate. Okay. Um, because almost as a way of like, yeah, we're showing you the play and we're showing you this, you know, um, heightened reality a little bit in the first half. And then things get real Mm -hmm. as it opens up and does what film tries to do, be more reflective of reality. And therefore, it, it, it opens up and, and this, the, the real drama comes, mm-hmm. and you're more into an actual film because you're actually trying to reflect truer reality. I, th- I felt that that may have been a little bit more deliberate. Okay. Um, and, so I, and I actually appreciated that, you know, mm-hmm. it, and watching it. I was like, all right, that's cool. Um. It was interesting watching this film right after Just Another Girl on the IRT because in many ways this too is a coming of age film. You're just on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. You're just at Troy having to deal with where he is in his life. Yeah. You know, the missed opportunities that he that he um let you know go by. Right, you know, just like just kept his bat on his on his shoulders. It t- didn't take a swing at him uh, f- because of ignorance or for whatever reason. You know, um, he would say because of duty. Some would say because he probably was a little scared. Right? You know, who knows? Um, and and then having to be confronted with where he is in his life. Uh, in the reflection of where his son is in his life, yeah. Actually, actually, he's he's being confronted by it on two two points because he has his his uh, 
his illegitimate son, Lyons. Right. Who is, you know, someone who's trying to make it in his world his own way, but having trouble doing it. Right. So he always has to come borrowing $10 from Pop, you know, at 34 years old. Right. And so I would say 34 years old. You know, it's time to find another dream, bro. Yeah. You know, dream on the job. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so he's got that reflection. And then he has a reflection of his younger son, Corey, who actually is, you know, ahead of the game. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. because of that, has opportunities that can take him further. Yeah. And it's only through the ignorance that Troy suffers from. Right. Uh that he won't allow him to take the step despite all the signs of success that are in front of it for, for his son and despite his wife and his best friend. Well, he's also really emotionally damaged just from life. Yeah. Troy. And and he is. And you you learn it just from the stories that he he tells. Um, I thought I, I disagree with you. I, I didn't see Denzel on stage do this mm-hmm. but I quickly lost sight of Denzel okay and I almost never lose sight of Denzel I almost see Denzel in everything but okay I think in, in this movie this was the one of the few times when he was I did not see Denzel at all okay Um I thought he was I thought he was just magnificent Mm-hmm. In this role, the the monologue that you speak of, yeah, you know, like me, monologue, which is harsh, which is belligerent, which is violent, in just in, in without being you know physically violent, right? But it's a violent you know the piece of 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 writing, uh, coupled with forceful and penetrating acting by Denzel, yeah, it it, it is. It is in it is it's intense. Oh yeah. Um and like the best of August Wilson, there's rightness and wrongness in every single line that he's saying. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't know about that, August, but yeah, 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 you're right. You know, I mean yeah. it, was just, it was like real raw, just busting you upside your head. Oh yeah. It was just it was really good. And and to what you were saying, like Jovan Adepo mm-hmm. um, holds his own with Denzel in just being able to react to that. Yeah. Just being able to hold what he holds in that scene. Right, right. With the force of that coming at him. Yes. Yeah. So it was definitely, definitely devastating. Um, But as impactful as that was, and it, and it truly was. There is not enough that can be said about Viola Davis. Yeah. And when she gets her turn at the back. Yes, sir. And she has to, you know, come at come at Denzel. Who, and this is the reason why I, I stopped seeing Denzel. Okay. When she comes at Denzel, it's when he lays at her fo- feet. Probably, if you if you made a list of the worst things you could ever say to your wife, yeah, 
This is almost definitely number one. It's got to be number one. It's number it's freaking It's got to be one. number one. And this man, and I'll, I'll give him no credit because he did it, but this man walks into the house and says it to her fully intending for her to accept it. Yes. He has no expectation of she will not accept. Oh, she's going to cry. Yes. But she's going to accept what I am putting, what I have to tell her. Yes. And then when she doesn't, he goes into one of the most well-acted, well-scripted, well-performed lines of bullshit (laughs) that you will ever see in a movie. Fully intending that you're going to buy this shit that I am selling you. Yes. Because I am laying down the shit, woman. Yes. I am opening my soul to yes. you. Yes. And she spits his soul back in his face. Yes, she does. And I could not have been my cheeks could not have been more flush at any time in my life than at that moment. I was so just proud of just what i was watching oh yeah what i what i was i was i was honored to a to experience that once again yeah oh yeah it is just so powerful so impactful it it and and you can see it building with every step of the movie um because it is the story not of black women. Yeah, oh, yes, of black women. But it's the story of women. Right. In the 50s. Oh, yeah. It's the story of, of, of women. You know what I mean? Like, to many, in many ways, watching this film reminded me of a, a realistic take on the honeymooners. Right. This is Alice saying, Ralph, I ain't got time for your booze. Right, right. Get your ass out my face. It was just, just so, so, so lovely. The part of this movie that really got to me, and I was, the part of this movie that got to me, you spoke about his relationship with Bono. Yes. In his relationship with Bono, you said how it's realistic. The way I would describe it, it was genuine. Yeah. I don't know whether or not Denzel knows Steven Henderson. Right. Well, they certainly work together. Well, I mean, well, right. Like, you like, mean outside of outside of like how really truly close they are. Right. 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 But you cannot tell, have told me that they weren't friends for twenty something years. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he tells the story about 
how they were in prison together. And they don't even go into in depth about it. Right, right. But I believed it. Oh, yeah. You know, they met their wives around the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, they walk up to his house. Bono, 1950s, leaves his stuff on the front steps and then goes in the back to have a drink. Yes. And it's still there an hour later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You only do that because you're at your friend's house and, you know, ain't nobody going to touch your stuff at your friend's house. Right. And when then Troy does... Something dumb. Right, right. Ultimate dumbness. Yeah, yeah. And Bono calls him on it. Yeah. Like best friends do. Yes. What happens to their relationship is also extremely genuine. Yeah. Because what happens to their relationship is they're still friends. Right. But He's diminished in Bono's eyes. Oh, yeah. And because he's diminished in Bono's eyes, you're still my boy. But I, and we can't do this anymore. We can't. Yeah. We can't roll tight. No Absolutely. Anymore. We can't. You know what I mean? And, um, that I, I, you know, you know, I already curse. Fuck it. That, <laughs> that reminded me of, um, a, a friendship that I have that has changed along those same lines. Okay. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I was the Denzel in there. Doing um, something. I didn't do that. Right, right, right. But I did something dumb. You and, did something dumb. And the dude who is still a dear friend of mine, but it's not the same. Yeah. And I regret it. Yeah. To this day. And watching this movie, like really hit me and it was like uh it's you know it's up. It's it, it it it's funny watching this movie, especially in the scene when he comes and sees him at the at the bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> so fucking awkward. So awkward that scene. Um because it's friends but they know where they are. They know where they are and they don't have to say you know they don't have to they don't have, have to, to say said, anything. You know? You know, and again, these these are characters that, at least from Troy's end, just the sheer volume of speech. Yeah, like they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So that you're right when you get this scene, and they're not talking to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, after you've spent an hour and a half watching them, right? It it is. It, it's heartbreaking. It is. Man. It's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. It reminded me, <laughs> my friend, um, my friend. I I saw him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He he recently had a a, a daughter, a beautiful daughter, and uh, I saw a picture on Instagram, and he was putting together his daughter's crib with um, the daughter's godfather. Right. Right. And the daughter's godfather is like like his best friend now. Right. And like I'm his son's godfather because right. we were best friends then. Right. And do I I was remember I remember watching that seeing that picture and I was like, That's supposed to be me. Yeah. And and watching this it, 
I'm not even going to lie, man. I, I cried the first time I watched this movie. Right. I cried when I watched this movie yesterday. Right. It's... Uh, I will never watch this movie again. Never watch. <laughs> never watch this movie. Again. No more fences for Lynn. No more f- the fences have been all mended. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. This is. This, I I got too close to this month. I got too close to this month. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's, it is a very it is a, it is a um, tremendous piece of work. I do think that Denzel over directs a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the second half. And especially at the end, which I think is three bits away from being a perfect ending. Right, right. But it is still a good ending. I mean, it's the play ending. Right. Yeah. It's right. A, it is the play you know. ending. It's a play ending, but he, I think he over-directed it. I think he, he fell in love with some shots right. and stuff. Um, I do want to go back to what you you said Viola Davis rightfully won best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Michaela Ty Williamson. There is is a it is a certifiable crime. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that man was not nominated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it Golden Globes, Oscars, Image Awards, I don't care what. Because you're right. That's a a role that could it could have gone left, it could have gone into farce, it could yeah. have gone into comedy relief, or it could have been played too much for pathos. Exactly. Sympathy, you exactly. Know what I mean? Um but he would he he walked that line so he he walked the tightrope with that thing. Yeah. And he walked it like a master. Yeah. And when you think about him in some of his more famous roles, he does that all the time. He does. I was about to say he may be. I mean, just off the top of my head, like and I'll just say it off the top of my head. In the past fifteen years, who's a better character actor than he is? You'd be hard pressed to find any. You know. I mean, think about it. He was singularly the best thing in Holiday Heart. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, but then you know you think about him in Forrest Gump. Think about him in Forrest Gump, where, where he's unrecognizable. You think about him the couple of seasons he was on Justified. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was on Justified. I think about him in the the Showtime uh, remake of Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where he's going up against Jack Lemon and George C. Scott. Oh yeah. And 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 he is telling them he's showing them how it's done. Yeah. I mean this this is a this is a man who is just a, incredible and criminally underrated. This this is a cast of masters. Yeah. It is a cast of masters. It really is from top to bottom. And and you, you know, I think I think part of my frustration with Denzel and I appreciate you, you know, saying that he did vanish for you. I call it the it it's the beloved problem. Okay. Where where you know I'm a fan of the film Beloved and sort of the same thing. I thought Oprah was distracting. Right. You know, I thought she was horribly miscast. Mm-hmm. A, B, 
it's never one moment when you don't look at it and it's like, why is Oprah right. playing dress up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is without Oprah Winfrey, Beloved would never have been made. Exactly. And I think it's the same thing with Fences. Mm-hmm. Without Denzel Washington, because, you know, they've been trying to make this film for 20 years. Yes, and, and we put it out there that this is the first yes. of Denzel's promise adaptation of all of August Wilson's Right, plays. right. Without Denzel Washington, there is no fences. Right. And, and you know, again, let's be clear. I think he is great in this film. I'm it, – it's, you know, he's it's, – it's almost – it's almost he's just too um, successful right. for me. And again, just to go to Milikatai Williamson and the way he threads this needle, this is a role that can go off the rails on stage. Yeah. When you magnify everything mm-hmm. and put it on right. the screen. Right. It's even less room for air. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, again. I think, you, you know, you talk about how it, it makes you you feel, you know, you talk about the friendships. I, I do want to circle back. Like, I've known so many men like this that tell their sons and tell their wives and tell people around them they love them through their actions. Yeah. So and so on the one hand, they tell them they love them through their actions. But then on the other hand, a lot of times that's still not enough. Right. Like I thought it was such a good detail that even after everything that happens with Troy and this other woman and a baby and everything, there's this great exchange where where uh, Rose says, I want you to come home tonight. And he says, I come home every night. He comes home every night. And she says, oh, well, you run back. out." He said, no, but I come home. I bring you my check. I come home, $76 and however many cents, I have a bag of potatoes and a thing of lard. And that's how I tell you that I love you. Yeah. But as, as we, you know, ultimately, that's not enough. And that's sort of the great tragedy of of the lives of these men. And, and you you know, they, they it's, just, it's just not enough. Yeah. And like you said... Because of his upbringing, that's what he, that's what he knows, right? And and he's doing what I think is sort of hardwired in in all men. I want to do better than my father did, right? So in his mind, he did better than his father did, right? And you know, the least his father, you, you know, I've, he says his father had eleven children, but he never left. So it's like there's that one like I'm never going to leave Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to try and do better than that. And better than that is still not, you you know, it's it's, you know, you get like a C. Yeah. And then hopefully right now, Corey is a better father than Troy was to him and so on. And, and, you know, in the site, but 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 it really is just. You know, we've talked about this before with nothing like a man. We've we've talked about it with um, you know, to a certain extent uptight, where 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 I just have such great affection for these men mm-hmm. from this era. And and you know, like you said, like like, you know, I see bits and pieces of my like my father was really more Corey. Like you can tell that my that my grandfather was maybe more Troy. Like Troy. Okay. But you see how these men 
kind of do the best that they can. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, like you said, where Rose, where he lays down this, this, this bullshit to Rose. But the irony is that's part of why she loved him. Right. Because he had this big persona and, and these big dreams and these big ideas. And that's so, what she says, you know. And that's what she says. She poured everything into this big man. Right. And, that, and she admits that was her mistake. And that was her mistake. You know. How many women have I heard? from this generation in particular. Like I'm talking about all the men in my family. I talk about all these women. Yeah. That you hear versions of this. Yeah. The um it's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, oh yeah. Production wise it's gorgeous. It's spot on. The the details are very spot on. Um but I like the lie that it makes of the nineteen fifties. Right. You know, especially in this time of make America great again. Yes. I like the lie that it makes of the 1950s. And, you know, you never know what's going on behind the closed door. Uh, I love the scene where Rose is like, you know, I never want no half nothings in my family. Oh. Because you. And it was it's it's just so freaking powerful and so so right. Think of how many story how many times it comes up now. You're yeah. sitting around the table and you you can't even talk about your mom and dad. Oh. Now you got to talk about his mom and her mom and this oh. guy's mom and that. Just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, man. And it was so true for her when she was saying, "I never wanted no halves in in." in, in have nothings in my life. It didn't mean that she didn't. I mean, because. Didn't mean that she didn't accept the halves that were in her life. Right. She accepted lions. Exactly. You know, that that's her that's her stepson. Right. You know? Uh but and but it didn't mean that I I I, I that resonated with me, man. You you don't want that. Yeah. Um but you needed that line there because the lie is that that wasn't happening. Right, right, right. Oh, yes, it was. Right. It just wasn't as, you know, for lack of a better word, celebrated as it is now. Right. You know, my baby's daddy. Right. Like, you got T-shirts with it. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, And I I really enjoy I mean, I think the other reason why Viola Davis really stands out to me in this is because especially in, over the last 2 3 years as her role has as as you know her star has risen right she's fallen into a little bit of being cast for a certain role certain type yeah and it was nice to see a softer yeah viola davis cuz i've said it i like viola davis but viola davis may have a harder walk than me. I yeah. mean, she got a strut and a half. Yeah. And uh, so it was nice to see maybe a, a softer Viola Davis in this film. And uh, I really, I really appreciated, I, I really appreciated that her and that character of Rose. I really loved it. Yeah. I, I, and I loved the building of that role. In this film, like you said, August Wilson movies are so man heavy that the women become sometimes ciphers. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
or, or plot plot points. Right. And I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all the way to the end because it was true to character all the way to the oh, end. Oh, yeah. That, that oh, character. yeah. It was just really, really great. There's uh, it's a damn fine piece of filmmaking. It's, it's a damn fine piece of filmmaking. It really is. I And I hope I look forward to the rest of the plays. Yeah, is there any talk of what the next one's going to be? I don't know, but I hope it's Piano Lesson. Yeah. I hope it's the Piano Lesson. That would be nice. So, so you would indeed recommend Fences. Yes, just don't invite me. I ain't coming. Just don't invite Lynn. <laughs> I ain't coming. I'm done. Right. I'm done. Yeah. You know, like Fences might be one of those movies. I don't own it. And, I, you know, people buy DVDs anymore. Um, but I think I probably would buy Fences. Right. But much like uh, Big Fish, it will be a movie that I love dearly that I will never watch again. Oh, like, yeah. Big Fish is on my, on my shelf. And I loved Big Fish. Big Fish is a tough movie. Well, it's a tough movie, but it's it's tougher for me because that movie was out like right when my father died. Oh my god! So that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, so in this one, I don't know. Maybe maybe me and Calvin will sit and watch this movie. All right. <laughs> then I'll cry on Calvin's shoulder. Yes, say, get the fuck off me. <laughs> nice. Blackmail friendship. <laughs> oh, I need a hug. Anyway, All right. <laughs> would you recommend? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. If Moonlight hadn't come out last year, it would have been my favorite film of 2016. That's a good one. Absolutely. So go out, watch Fences if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Go check it out. Next week, ladies and gentlemen. Next week. Sweet, sweet backs, bad asshole. That's right. Melvin Peoples. Melvin Van Peoples. And little itty bitty Mario Van Peoples in the beginning and what now would be considered child pornography. <laughs> Ooh, you got a sweet back. Terrible. Just terrible. Just terrible. It was it was just a lawless place. <laughs> That's next week on the show mission, ladies and gentlemen, episode ninety seven. Yes indeed. As we make our way up to episode one hundred, which will be the whiz. Yes indeed. Which where we will have by very special request, we will have Charmel Scipio and Jordan Colling. There you go. Returning to sit with us to review The Wiz. Yes. Can't wait for that. Uh, and we will be screening The Wiz, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we had, we had to change some things around. So our screening of The Wiz is going to take place on Saturday, March 3rd at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Yes. So Saturday, March 3rd. Saturday, March 3rd. Is when we're going to screen The Wiz. Screen it. Yeah, the the, the 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 episode will be out a couple weeks before. Yes, I think like about two weeks before. Yeah, but the uh, the screening is going to be Saturday, March third. Um, time to be determined. I'm, 
I'm pretty sure we got to do it after hours, but I got to follow. I got to check. We'll work it out in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Which is code for Len will fix it in post. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but now we have a big announcement for you. <laughs> big announcement. <laughs> Last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what had happened was if you follow the Michelle mission on Instagram and Facebook and every place uh, over the last couple of weeks you saw that we put a posting out about having tickets to an exclusive movie event and panel discussion yes it's going to be coming your way remastered lethal weapon 2 no that's <laughs> our Christmas special yes you see see See, jumping the gun. Way, jumping the yeah, gun. Jumping the gun. Yeah. So, and, and it said on that posting to email us for information. And yes. Quite a few of you emailed us for information. Yes. Thank you. So glad you did. You, are, you do not know how <laughs> lucky you are. Because. <laughs> the time has come <laughs> to announce what our movie event is. Which is. The Michelle Mission is partnering with the Black Tribbles, Black Sci-Fi here in Philadelphia, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, J1Con, the Philadelphia's number one anime convention, as well as Pyroglyphics uh, Art Studio, and the Cosplay All-Stars, as well as the East Coast Black East Coast Black Age of Comics convention at Bach and the West Philadelphia Financial Strategies Institution and Pro Change. I think I've got all the sponsors. I think you do. We're partnering with all them to bring you a screening of Black Panther. Woo! We are going to be screening Black Panther on Saturday, February 17th. Originally, it was going to be at a little theater on Broad Street in Philadelphia. You know, the funny thing is I think people really want to see this movie. So many people so. It's going to be like a little indie house hit. That we moved it to a (laughs) grand structure, the Riverview Theater on Delaware Avenue. Yes. We're going to be there Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on February 17th for a screening of Black Panther. Yes, sir. We're going to have Epoch. They're going to bring you the history of the Black Panther. The Black Tribbles. We will be doing Marvel movie trivia. All right. The cosplay all-stars, led by the uh, cosplay triple himself, Eric the Smoke Moran, will be leading a cosplay parade. All right. Everyone that comes will get a swag bag. Swag bag. Adorned with the name of this event, which is, I'm proud of this, Wakande. Wakande. That's right. That's right. Saturday, February 17th is Wakande here in Philadelphia. Hey, you just talked about the movie. Is anything else happening? I'm about to tell you. All right. Because Wakande is all day. Is all day, baby. Philadelphia's all day Black Panther celebration. That's right. Because after we screen that movie at 10 a.m. that morning, 
You'll want to race your butt down to Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, ladies and gentlemen, because at 8.30 that evening at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, we are going to be having a Wakande Black Panther panel, talkback, discussion, and after party. All right. Moderated by the Michelle Mission's very own Vincent Williams. I will be moderating my butt off. Yes, he will. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the fun doesn't stop there. Oh, my goodness gracious. No, There's more. There's more. Because at the screening, and as well as taking part of the panel discussion, is who? Mark Lamont Hill of CNN. Yes. Christina Jackson of The Outsiders and Boardwalk Empire. Oh, my goodness gracious. And. Oh, my goodness. There's an and. 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 Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Oh, my goodness gracious. And. There's more ands as well as. And. Frequent. Celebrity guest of the Michelle Mission. Dare we say family member. Our brother. Our our brother. Big word star himself. Dorian Nisik. Fantastic. Will be in the building. And. And. Dorian will be the celebrity DJ. The celebrity for DJ. For the after party. That is quite an event. And. Oh my goodness, we're still ending. Frequent Michelle Mission guest. One half of the Ladies Love Hip Hop Podcast. Summer Willow Fitch. Philadelphia's mixologist Excelsior. What's she going to be doing? She is brewing up a very special Wakandan liquor concoction. That's all right. For Wakande. For Wakande. Boy, this boy, this is going to be fantastic. It is. I'm so happy I get to go. So am I. <laughs> and so are you. And so are you. If you bought your tickets already. <laughs> Because a funny thing happened on the way to this announcement. <laughs> Just for the movie, though. Well, no. Because, I mean, because the... the oh, my the, God. Is everything gone? The after party is free. Okay, okay. All right, all right, 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 right. The after party at a Malcolm Comics right, is right, right. absolutely 100% free. Right. All are welcome. Yes. Come and check it out and talk back about the Black Panther. Yes. Get in on the, the on the, the liquor. Yes. Um, Get in on the liquor. That's have fun. Right. Oh, we didn't even, I didn't even mention the swag bag. Swag bag. The swag bag is going to have a um, it's going to have two original Black Panther art pieces by Pyro pyroglyphics um art studio they're very nice two uh black panther pieces actually they're creating one and then michael white a noted artist here in philadelphia he's doing the other piece okay nice and we're going to have some some other like you know like little little stuff there in the bag including a commemorative wakande t-shirt nice that will be in the bag 
Nice. Now, that's all going to be in a swag bag all that you get the, the movie. At the movie. That'll be at the movie. Now, the thing about the movie, though, is... The thing about the movie, though... <laughs> Is that it's sold out. <laughs> See, what had happened. What had happened was me was and that, Craig. <laughs> we put it out to the Michelle Mission put, put, you know, we could only we couldn't announce it publicly. Right. Our contract was such that we couldn't announce it publicly until the the um, ink is the, dry. The, well, it's not so much until the ink is dry. It actually was until the Tickets for the actual film went on sale. Right. So we couldn't announce it publicly. Right. But we could do our little email thing. Right, right. To, which was more private. Right. Because if you got, when you emailed us, you got a, you, we wrote back to you, we sent you a link that you had to put in the password, we took you to a site where you saw all the information. Right. And there you could buy your tickets. And there you could buy your ticket. Yes. Well, we put it out to our. We fans. did. We did. The Black Triples put it out to their fans. Yes. Amalgam put it out to their fans. Right. All of the sponsors put it out to their fans. And then the, and then the rush was on. So then you looked up and... It sold out. And it sold out. It, it like, I, I, I do not mince words, please. <laughs> it really, it sold out. Yeah. It sold out. I think we are in the midst of a phenomenon. Yes. You know, it's weird. And and you didn't mention because this isn't part of Wakanda Day, but you and I are going to have a, a binge lounge. Yes, about the Black Panther because you and I, as everyone knows, are huge comic book fans, and you know. But it's weird, like being on on the inside looking at like you and I were going to be excited about it anyway, right? But it's weird seeing the momentum this thing has taken. Yeah. So that you know, well, because it is a thing that people just want. To see, I mean, I mean, it, it's a Marvel movie, so people want to see it. Right, but movie. I'm saying even outside of but, that, but outside like, like of outside that, of oh, we're going to see the Avengers. This grand, or, this grand movie, it's almost it's, it's it's like what I just told you about my idea about doing like this big Moorish. Yeah, fantasy. oh yeah. It's the idea of seeing something epic. Yeah, that one. Is not you know a boat coming over here with us in chains, right? And two, that is grand, epic, surreal, you know, fantasy, yeah, fun, and something that everyone wants to see. That everyone and, wants to see. But the the entire African diaspora is on display. In the trailer, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. It's like two white guys in the trailer, yeah, oh yeah, and, and they're great guys. Hey. But it's it's just it's, I can't wait. I, it's it's it is quite a thing. It is this this is quite a thing. I'm I'm very excited about this. I am too. So, and hopefully people can join us at Wakanda. <laughs> we know some people will join us. Well, I mean the rest of it. Because it really is going oh, to be yeah, an all to day. day. It's going to be an all day celebration thing. So it you is. know, it's going to be all day. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, it's be a, 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 a great absolutely. Great time. Please come. I, you know, be a good time for us to all just sort of 
Yeah, it would be fun to cause just hang out. To hang out. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I know Aaron Fry, he had mentioned it. I skipped that part in his email that he had gotten his tickets. Excellent. So I think we might be actually meeting Excellent. Aaron Fry. Oh, that awesome. That would be very cool. Awesome. I look forward to right. meeting Aaron and uh, the rest of our Michelle missionaries that will Absolutely. be joining us for Wakande. Wakande. Philadelphia's all-day Black Panther celebration all on right. Saturday, February 17th. Yes, sir. With Dorian Missick As our celebrity DJ. I wonder if he's bringing some up. Whoa, easy. I thought we were. No. But I said, I wonder. Okay. I wonder if I mean he may not. Hey, easy. Because she, she's oh, hey, she's busy. Easy. Oh yes. So she's probably filming. Look, you know, I, Dorian, I, it's cool. Hey, you know, guy night out. Hey. <laughs> I'm cool. You know, I love I love Simone. But, right, right, right. You know, right, right, it's been a while since we hung with Dorian. Right, right. right Let right. us hang with Dorian. Right, right. right. You know what I mean, I want to hang with Dorian. Yeah, right, right. Talk smack with Dorian. I mean, I'm looking forward to the DJ set. Yeah, quite honestly. Do you think you got you think you got skills? I think so. I think you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what Dorian got. Maybe we'll play some nice and smooth for you. <laughs> no, no. You know he's gonna come down with kid and play. Uh, <laughs> That's what he's gonna come down. With. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Don't but, bring no kid and play, Dorian. <laughs> but yes, yes. So there you go. There you go, ladies. There you go. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, this show is available where you got it. Right there on MichelleMission.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and now... And now... On Spotify. And now on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. That's right. We all grown up and stuff. There you go. Uh, as well as every 1 p.m. on Saturdays on WPPMLP 106.5 FM... Philly Cam Radio, People Power Media here in Philadelphia and Camden. All right. We got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.